Welcome, Christian Israel patriots, white nationalists, truth lovers everywhere. This is Eurofolk Radio, and this is another episode of Genesis to Revelation. Today we're going to be talking about 1 Kings chapter 18 and beyond. But first, we have a couple of items for clarity. First of all, uh, people w- might want to know that the Obadiah here in chapter 18 of 1 Kings is not the same Obadiah as the prophet, okay? So uh, uh, I'll kick it over to you, and uh, uh, Dan, and have a uh, just a real quick clarification on that point. Over to you. Okay. The uh, title of this article is Obadiah and Elijah, and... It starts out Hebrews chapter 11, verse 38, and 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 1 through 15. Obadiah protected 100 prophets. He was the governor of King Ahab's house about 916 B.C. Even though it could cost Obadiah his life, he followed Elijah's instructions. Read the background reading below about the events. There are 13 men named Obadiah in the Bible. This Obadiah is in the time of King Ahab, and Elijah is not the same Obadiah the prophet that wrote the book named after him. Obadiah, which in Hebrew means servant of Jehovah. Okay, or Yahweh, okay. Or Yahweh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so then from Banner of Truth, the article is entitled, The Man Who Testified From Within, whatever they mean by within. (laughs) Right, we all we all testify from within, right? From within our soul and projecting our our words into the physical world, right? So uh, maybe the author will explain what what he means by the word within here. But back over to you. This is the banner of truth. Okay, Obadiah, Ahab's chief civil servant, not the minor prophet, was a remarkable man. We know very little about him, but what we know is deeply instructive and hopefully deeply humbling. Obadiah lived at a time of wholesale national apostasy. Ahab, beguiled by his heathen, Baal-worshipping wife Jezebel, had sought systematically to destroy the Lord's prophets. God had removed Elijah from Ahab and Jezebel's wickedness and protected him, first in a desert fed by ravens, and then in the heartland of Baalism, fed by a poor widow. God preserved and protected Elijah by separating him from Ahab and Jezebel. But Obadiah continued in their service, in charge of a palace where wickedness reigned. Some, perhaps even many, alas, would conclude that Obadiah was a compromiser, a man who stayed put when he should have shown solidarity with Elijah and separated himself from a king who did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger than did all the kings of Israel before him, 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 33. <clears throat> it is significant, however, that when the writer of 1 Kings introduces us to Obadiah, he tells us at the outset that he was a devout believer in the Lord, chapter eight, uh, 18, verse 3. Nowhere in the text is it even hinted that Obadiah was not where he should have been. On the contrary, it was because he was where he was and doing what he did that he was able to rescue 100 of the Lord's prophets from Jezebel's blood-soaked rampage. What we can learn from this brave, devout servant of the Lord, perhaps above all this, we should be slow to judge fellow believers who do not separate themselves from national and ecclesiastical evil in precisely the way we may have ourselves. We can only too easily make ourselves the standard that everyone else should be guided by. Obadiah was a devout believer, not a closet compromiser. We can surely assume that because he was a devout believer, he refused to compromise his allegiance to Yahweh in the midst of national and ecclesiastical apostasy. And yet he remained in Ahab's service. Yes, we no longer live in a church state. But there is a principle here that we should ponder carefully. Not all good men and women are called by God to react in the same way to moral and theological evil. 
Of course, we must all, without exception, hate evil in all its forms and refuse to be party to it in any way. But God may call us to work out that rejection of evil in different ways. Elijah was separated from the evil. Obadiah was left in the midst of it to serve God and his church, quietly and yet faithfully. Uh, kind of like we are, right? We're in the yeah. midst of the most evil force the world has ever seen, Mystery Babylon. And uh, may Yahweh protect us. Back to you. When 451 ministers disrupted, seceded from the Church of Scotland in 1843 to form the Church of Scotland Free, it would be a huge folly to think that all the good or faithful men came out while all the bad or unfaithful men stayed in. Perhaps most of the good men did come out, but undoubtedly faithful men chose to stay in. William Gurnall, minister of Labenham, the author of The Christian Incomplete Armor, chose to remain within the Church of England in 1662, when over 200 of his Puritan colleagues were... 2,000. 2,000. Oh, 2,000, I'm sorry. Yeah. 2,000 of his Puritan colleagues were ejected for nonconformity. Oh, no, nonconformity. <laughs> <laughs> the curse of nonconformity. Back to you. Gurnall's theology was as evangelical and Calvinistic as theirs, but he chose to stay in and fight for gospel truth. Because Gurnall submitted to the act of uniformity, he was the subject of a libelous attack published in 1665 entitled Covenant Renouncers Desperate Apostate. Oh, man. Perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> However, the judgment leveled against Gurnall may well have been too severe, even quite wrong. God has worked for Obadiah's as well as for Elijah's. To a watching world, Obadiah may have appeared a compromiser to the Holy Spirit-inspired scriptures. He was a devout believer. Something to ponder. Okay, so some of us you know, stay within the system to as spies, right? As spies and observers to report to the faithful. And uh, you know, we're in a situation like that right now. Pro the problem is the vast majority of Christians today are with the enemy, right? But there may be some of them who are still on our side and just biding their time, <laughs> waiting to join us when the end comes. But folks, it's coming really soon. Not much time left to bide. All right. So with that introduction, let's get into 1 Kings 18. Okay, 1 Kings chapter 18. And it came to pass <clears throat> after many days that the word of Yahweh came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of his house. Now Obadiah feared Yahweh greatly. <clears throat> For it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of Yahweh, that Obadiah took a hundred prophets and hid them by fifty in a cave, and fed them with bread and water. And Ahab said unto Obadiah, Go into the land, unto all fountains of water, and unto all brooks. For adventure we may find grass to save the horses and mules alive, that we do not, that we lose not all the beasts. So they divided the land between them to pass throughout it. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. And as Obadiah was in the way, behold, Elijah met him, and he knew him. And fell on his face and said, Art thou my Lord, Elijah? And he answered him, I am. Go, tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. <clears throat> and he said, What have I sinned that thou wouldest deliver thy servant into the hand of Ahab to slay me? <clears throat> As Yahweh thy God lives, there is no nation or kingdom whither my Lord has not sent to seek thee. And when they said, He is not there, he took an oath of the kingdom and nation that they found thee not. <clears throat> and now thou sayest, go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And it shall come to pass as soon as I am gone from thee, that the spirit of Yahweh shall carry thee whither I know not. And so when I come and tell Ahab and he cannot find thee, he shall slay me. <laughs> but I, thy servant, 
fear Yahweh from my youth. Was it not told, my Lord, what I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of, of Yahweh? How I hid a hundred men of Yahweh's prophets by fifty in a cave and fed them with bread and water? And now thou sayest, go, tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here and he shall slay me. And Elijah said, as Yahweh of hosts live before whom I stand, I will surely show myself unto him today. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. It came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Are thou he that troubles Israel? <laughs> no, not Israel, but uh, their uh, apostate kingdom. Right. And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou in thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of Yahweh, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If Yahweh be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of Yahweh, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under, and I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under it. And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of Yahweh. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, choose you one bullock for yourselves and dress it first, for you are many and call on the name of your gods, but put no fire underneath. And they took the bullock which was given them and they dressed it and called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass, when midday was past, and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that there was neither voice, nor any to answer, nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of Yahweh that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of Yahweh came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of Yahweh. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock in pieces, and laid him on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran round about the altar. And he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Yahweh God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Yahweh, hear me, that this people may know that thou art Yahweh God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of Yahweh fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood, and the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, Yahweh, he is the God. <clears throat> Yahweh, he is the God. And Elijah said unto them, take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they took them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. And Elijah said unto Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance 
of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And he said, and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, go up, say unto Ahab, prepare thy chariot and get thee down that the rain stopped thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of Yahweh was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Okay, so what's going on there? Let's find out. (laughs) Chapter 19. Chapter 19. And Ahab told Jezebel, all that Elijah had done, and withal, now he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Oh, that must, that must have been made Jezebel really angry. <laughs> all right. Okay, all right. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is she trying to say here? Well, uh, she's saying, oh, so, so let Yahweh do to me as he has done to them, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this. Okay, so uh, if she is, uh, apparently she's saying if she's not able to kill Elijah by, t- by this time tomorrow, then let Yahweh do the same to me. I think mm-hmm. that's what she's saying here. Yeah. I, I think so too. Okay, yeah. all right, verse 3. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Yahweh. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, Then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of Yahweh came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose, and he did eat and drink, and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave, and lodged there. And, behold, the word of Yahweh came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for Yahweh, God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before Yahweh. And behold, Yahweh passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before Yahweh. But Yahweh was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but Yahweh was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but Yahweh was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for Yahweh God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And Yahweh said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abimeholah, Shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room? And it shall come to pass 
that him that escapes the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay, and him that escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, all right. and every mouth which has not kissed him. Okay, so we can say that in these latter days that we are like Elijah because we are a great minority of Christians in the world who have actually adopted Baal, although they don't realize it, especially the 501c3 corporate megachurches and all the 501c3 corporation churches, right? They are allied with Baal, and only Christian identity and maybe a few others outside of our group that still obey Yahweh's laws, you know, going back to, uh, what is it? Uh, Revelation chapter 12, verse 19, those who have keep the commandments of Yahweh and have the faith of Jesus Christ. There are very, very few denominations. <laughs> By the way, uh, Brother Rob, we're talking about this last night, and he's concluded, he usually says there's 33,000 denominations of Judeo-Christianity, right? Now he's done more research, and now he's come to the conclusion it's more like 43,000 denominations of apostasy in our world today. So we just have to keep the faith uh, because Yahweh protected Elijah and Obadiah and all the other prophets. And uh, we can't, we can't lose uh, faith or energy. We must stay the course because the world is going to depend upon us to uh, speak the truth one of these days. And we have been speaking the truth. We just have to get more of our own people to listen. So that's our challenge. Back to you. Chapter 19, verse 19. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelve. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again. For what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. Okay. All right. Chapter 20. And Benadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his hosts together. And there were thirty and two kings with him, and horses and chariots. And he went up and besieged Samaria and warred against it. And he sent messengers to Ahab, king of Israel, into the city, and said unto him, Thus saith Benadad, Thy silver and thy gold is mine, thy wives also and thy children, even the goodliest are mine. And the king of Israel answered and said, My lord, O king, according to thy saying, I am thine. And all that I have. Okay, so is this still Ahab? Yeah, it's still Ahab. Yeah. So Ahab uh, bows down to a foreign king. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And the messengers came again and said, Thus speaketh Benadad, saying, Although I have sent unto thee, saying, Thou shalt deliver me thy silver and thy gold, and thy wives and thy children, yet I will send my servants unto thee tomorrow about this time. And they shall search thine house and the house of thy servants. And it shall be that whatsoever is pleasant in thine eyes, they shall put it in their hand and take it away. Then the king of Israel called all the elders of the land and said, Mark, I pray you, and see how this man seeks mischief. For he sent unto me for my wives and for my children and for my silver and for my gold, and I denied him not. And all the elders and all the people said unto him, Hearken not unto him, nor consent. Wherefore he said unto the messengers of Benadad, Tell my lord, the king, all that thou didst send for to thy servant at the first I will do. But this thing I may not do. And the messengers departed and brought him word again. And Benadad sent unto him and said, The gods do so unto me, and more also, if the dust of Samaria shall suffice for handfuls for all the people that follow me. And the king of Israel answered and said, Tell him, let not him that girdeth on his harness boast himself as he that putteth it off. 
And it came to pass when Benadad heard this message as he was drinking, he and the kings in the pavilions, that he said unto his servants, Set yourselves in array. And they set themselves in array against the city. Okay, now this, uh, let me just interject here uh, because Ben-Hadad was uh, the king of Syria at this time. And I've just been reading uh, a book about you know this historical period uh, from the Assyrian inscriptions. That everything that's in this chapter is historically accurate. And the only reason that Ben-Hadad was able to make war against the Israelites at this time was because the Assyrians were occupied elsewhere. And they they had actually defeated the Syrians, they had, and they were getting ready to defeat the Israelites as well. And so this is uh, one of the last times the northern kingdom of Israel was actually able to make war against any other foe, right? So all of this history is pure and accurate, and everybody who criticizes uh, you know, the historicity of the Bible needs to do historical research <laughs> and find out otherwise. All right, back to you. Verse 13. And, it, and behold, there came a prophet unto Ahab, king of Israel, saying, Thus saith Yahweh, Hast thou seen all this great multitude? Behold, I will deliver it into thine hand this day, and thou shalt know that I am Yahweh. And Ahab said, by whom? And he said, Thus saith Yahweh, even by the young men of the princes of the provinces. Then he said, Who shall order the battle? And he answered, Thou. Okay, now here's Ahab. He's still a worshiper of Baal. He's being told that Yahweh will deliver his kingdom from the hands of uh, the Syrians. Right? Shouldn't that be enough to sway him in favor of Yahweh? <laughs> right? Especially, you think. You think but... I don't know. Was Jezebel a witch that she had so much sway over Ahab? All right. Please continue. And they went out at noon. But Benadad was drinking himself drunk in the pavilions. <laughs> he and the kings, thirty, the thirty and two kings that helped him. And the young men of the princes of the provinces went out first. And Benadad sent out, and they told him, saying, there are men come out of Samaria. And he said, whether they be come out for peace, take them alive, or whether they come out for war, take them alive. So these young men of the princes of the provinces came out of the city, city and the army which followed them. And they slew every one his man. And the Syrians fled, and Israel pursued them. And Menadad, the king of Syria, escaped on a horse with the horsemen. And the king of Israel went out and smote the horses and chariots and slew the Syrians with a great slaughter. And the prophet came to the king of Israel and said unto him, Go, strengthen thyself and mark, and see what thou doest. For at the return of the year the king of Syria will come up against thee. And the servants of the king of Syria said unto him, Their gods are gods of the hills. Therefore, they were stronger than we, but let us fight against them in the plain, and surely we shall be stronger than they. And do this thing, take the kings away, every man out of his place, and put captains in their rooms. And number thee an army, like the army that thou hast lost, horse for horse, and chariot for chariot, and we will fight against them in the plain, and surely we shall be stronger than they. And he hearkened unto their voice, and did so. And it came to pass at the return of the year that Benadad numbered the Syrians and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. And the children of Israel were numbered and were all present and went against them. And the children of Israel pitched before them like two little flocks of kids. But the Syrians filled the country. And there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith Yahweh, because the Syrians have said, Yahweh is God of the hills. That he is not God of the valleys. Therefore will I deliver all this great multitude into thine hand, and you shall know that I am Yahweh. And they pitched one over against the other seven days. And so it was that in the seventh day the battle was joined. And the children of Israel slew of the Syrians a hundred thousand footmen in one day. Wow. But the rest fled to Aphek, into the city. 
And there a wall fell upon 20 and 7,000 of the men that were left. Right. Okay. Crash. <laughs> and Benadad fled and came into the city into an inner chamber. And his servant said unto him, Behold now, we have heard that the kings of the house of Israel are merciful kings. Let us, I pray thee, put sackcloth on our loins and ropes upon our heads and go out to the king of Israel. For adventure he will save thy life. So they girded sackcloth on their loins and put ropes on their heads and came to the king of Israel and said, Thy servant Benadad saith, I pray thee, let me live. And he said, Is he yet alive? He is my brother. Now the men did diligently observe whether anything would come from him, and did hastily catch it. And they said, Thy brother Benadad. Then he said, Go ye, bring him. Then Benadad came forth to him, and he caused him to come up into the chariot. Now this saying, He is is my brother, is correct, because the Syrians were Aramaeans, who are the kinsmen of the Hebrews. All right, they're the Shemites. All right, back to you. And Benadad said unto him, The cities which my father took from thy father I will restore, and thou shalt make streets for thee in Damascus, as my father made in Samaria. Then said Ahab, I will send thee away this with this covenant. So he made a covenant with him and sent him away. And a certain man of the sons of the prophets said unto his neighbor in the word of Yahweh, Smite me, I pray thee. And the man refused to smite him. Then he then said he unto him, Because thou hast not obeyed the voice of Yahweh, behold, as soon as thou art departed from me, a lion shall slay thee. Oh. And as soon as he was departed from him, a lion found him and slew him. <laughs> okay. Better listen to the prophet. Yeah. Uh-huh. Then he found another man and said, Smite me, I pray thee. And the man smote him, so that in smiting he wounded him. So the prophet departed and waited for the king by the way, and disguised himself with ashes upon his face. And as the king passed by, he cried unto the king, and he said, Thy servant went out into the midst of the battle. And behold, a man turned aside and brought a man unto me, and said, Keep this man. If by any means he be missing, then shall thy life be for his life or else thou shalt pay a talent of silver. And as thy servant was busy here and there, he was gone. And the king of Israel said unto him, So shall thy judgment be, thyself has decided. And he hasted and took the ashes away from his face. And the king of Israel discerned him that he was of the prophets. And he said unto him, Thus saith Yahweh, because thou hast let go out of thy hand a man whom I appointed to utter destruction, Therefore, life shall go for his life, and thy people for his people. And the king of Israel went to his house, heavy and displeased, and came to Samaria. Okay, so he did not destroy Ben-Hadad, which you, you know, because he's an apostate, even a worse apostate than Ahab, right? But hey, you know, you, you expect justice from these two apostates? All right. Never. No. All right, chapter 21. All right. Chapter 21, and it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spoke, spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house, and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it. Or, if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. And Naboth said to Ahab, Yahweh forbid it me, that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word of of which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said unto him, Why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? And he said unto her, Because I spake unto Naboth the Jezreelite and said unto him, Give me thy vineyard for money, or else, if it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. 
And Jezebel, his wife, said unto him, Dost thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise and eat bread and let thine heart be merry. I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal and sent the letters unto the elders and to the nobles that were in his city dwelling with Naboth. And she wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a feast and set Naboth on high among the people. And set two men, sons of Belial, before him to bear witness against him, saying, Thou did blaspheme God and the king, and then carry him out and stone him that he may die. And the men of his city, even the elders and the nobles, who were the inhabitants in his city, did as Jezebel had sent unto them. And as it was written in the letters which she had sent unto them, they proclaimed a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. And there came in two men, children of Belial, and sat before him. And the men of Belial witnessed against him, even against Naboth, in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. Then they carried him forth out of the city and stoned him with stones that he died. Then they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth is stoned and is dead. And it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and was dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, Arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite, which he refused to give thee for money, for Naboth is not alive but dead. And it came to pass when Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, that Ahab rose up to go down to the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite to take possession of it. And the word of Yahweh came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Arise, go down to meet Ahab king of Israel, which is in Samaria. Behold, he is in the vineyard of Naboth, whither he has gone down to possess it. And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith Yahweh, Hast thou killed and also taken possession? And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith Yahweh, In the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, shall dogs lick thy blood, even thine. And Ahab said to Elijah, Hast thou found me, O mine enemy? And he answered, I have found thee, because thou hast sold thyself to work evil in the sight of Yahweh. Behold, I will bring evil upon thee, and will take away thy posterity, and will cut off from Ahab him that pisses against the wall, and him that is shut up and left in Israel. And will make thine house like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Baasha, the son of Ahiah, for the provocation wherewith thou hast provoked me to anger and made Israel to sin. And of Jezebel also spake Yahweh, saying, The dog shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. Him that dies of Ahab in the city, the dog shall eat. And him that dies in the field shall the fowls of the air eat. I can see that happening to Hillary Clinton. <laughs> All right. I think that uh, the whole incident with uh, uh, Ben-Hadad uh, was so that the more Israelites would survive in, in order to be taken captive and become Europeans. Okay. So I think Yahweh was simply assuring a, a greater population of Israelites for the, the uh, what do you call it, the migration from uh, Samaria into southern Europe across the Caucasus Mountains, right? So, because I don't see any of the reason why. It certainly wasn't for the benefit of Ahab or or, uh, Jezebel that the Israelites were allowed a victory there, okay? So, but uh, nevertheless, that saved a lot of Israelites for future uh, becoming Caucasian Israel. All right, back to you. Verse 25. But there was none like unto Ahab, which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of Yahweh, whom Jezebel his wife stirred up. And he did very abominably in following idols, according to all things as did the Amorites, whom Yahweh cast out before the children of Israel. And it came to pass when Ahab heard those words, that he rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his flesh and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went softly. And the word of Yahweh came to Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Seest how that seest thou how Ahab humbles himself before me? Because he humbles himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days, but in his son's days I, I, will I bring the evil upon his house. 
man, it took him quite a while to learn, <laughs> right? Yep. But that just proves how uh, forgiving Yahweh really is, right? Okay. Well, that one chapter left in First Kings. And they continued three years without war between Syria and Israel. And it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, Know ye that Ramoth in Gilead is ours, and we be still, and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria? And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Wilt thou go with me to battle to Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art. My people as thy people, my horses as thy horses. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Inquire, I pray thee, at the word of Yahweh today. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about four hundred men, and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, for Yahweh shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of Yahweh besides that we might inquire of him? And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micaiah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire of Yahweh. But I hate him, for he does not <laughs> prophesy good concerning him. <laughs> no. no, he just prophesies the truth. That's why I hate him. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. Then the king of Israel called an officer and said, Hasten hither, Micaiah, the son of Imlah. And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, sat each on his throne, having put on their robes in a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them. And Zedekiah, the son of Chenanah, made him horns of iron. And he said, Thus saith Yahweh, Wilt these shall... With these shalt thou push the Syrians until thou have consumed them. And all the prophets prophesied, saying, prophesied so, saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for Yahweh shall deliver it into the king's hand. And the messenger that was gone to call Micaiah spoke unto him, saying, Behold now, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. Let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them. And speak that which is good. And Micaiah said, As Yahweh lives, what Yahweh saith unto me, that will I speak. So he came to the king, and the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered him, Go and prosper, for Yahweh shall deliver it into the king, the hand of the king. And the king said unto him, How many times shall I adjure thee that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of Yahweh? And he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. And Yahweh said, These have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell thee that he would prophesy no good concerning me, but evil? And he said, Hear thou therefore the word of Yahweh. I saw Yahweh sitting on his throne, and all the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. And Yahweh said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said on this manner, and another said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit, and stood before Yahweh, and said, I will persuade him. And Yahweh said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. <laughs> and he said, Thou shalt persuade him, and prevail also. Go forth and do so. Okay, so now, I think what's happening here is Ahab doesn't trust any of these prophets because he thinks he's going to be killed in this battle. All right, so let's see what happens. Verse 23. Now, therefore, behold, Yahweh has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets, and Yahweh has spoken evil concerning thee. But Zedekiah, the son of Chenana, went near and smote Micaiah on the cheek and said, Which way went the spirit of Yahweh from me to speak unto thee? And Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see in that day 
when thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide thyself. And the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah and carry him back unto Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus saith the king, Put this fellow in the prison, and feed him with bread of affliction and with water of affliction, until I come in peace. And Micaiah said, If thou return at all in peace, Yahweh had not spoken by me. And he said, Hearken, O people, every one of you. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and enter into the battle and put thou on thy robes. And the king of Israel disguised himself and went into the battle. But the king of Syria commanded his thirty and two captains that had rule over his chariots, saying, Fight neither with small nor great, save only with the king of Israel. Uh-huh. Okay. And it came to pass, when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, that they said, Surely it is the king of Israel. And they turned aside to fight against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out. And it came to pass, when the captains of the chariots perceived that it was not the king of Israel, that they turned back from pursuing him. And a certain man drew a bow at a venture, and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. Wherefore he said unto the driver of his chariot, Turn thine hand, and carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. And the battle increased that day, and the king was stayed up in his chariot against the Syrians, and died at even. And the blood ran out of the wound into the midst of the chariot. And there went a proclamation throughout the host about the going down of the sun, saying, Every man to his city and every man to his own country. So the king died and was brought to Samaria, and they buried the king in Samaria. And one washed the chariot in the pool of Samaria, and the dogs licked up his blood, and they washed his armor according to the word of Yahweh which he spake. Now the rest of the acts of Ahab and all that he did, and the ivory house which he made, and all the cities that he built, Are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Ahab slept with his fathers, and and Isaiah, his son, reigned in his stead. And Jehoshaphat, the son of Asa, began to reign over Judah in the fourth year of Ahab, king of Israel. Jehoshaphat was thirty and five years old when he began to reign, and he reigned twenty and five years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Azubah, the daughter of Shili. And he walked in all the ways of Asa, his father. He turned not aside from it, doing that which was right in the eyes of Yahweh. Nevertheless, the high places were not taken away. <laughs> the people offered and burnt incense yet in the high places. And Jehoshaphat made peace with the kings of Israel, with the king of Israel. Now the acts of Jehoshaphat and his might that he showed and how he warred, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And the remnant of the Sodomites, which remained in the days of his father Asa, he took out of the land. All right. There was no king in Edom. A deputy was king. Jehoshaphat made ships of Tharshish to go to Ophir for gold, but they went not, for the ships were broken at Eziongaber. Then said Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, unto Jehoshaphat, Let my servants go with thy servants in the ships. But Jehoshaphat would not. And Jehoshaphat slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, his father. And Jehoram, his son, reigned in his stead. Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel in Samaria, the 17th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned two years over Israel. And he did evil in the sight of Yahweh and walked in the way of his father and in the way of his mother and in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. For he served Baal and worshipped him and provoked to anger Yahweh, God of Israel, according to all that his father had done. Okay, so uh, this ends First Kings. I guess the story of the death of Jezebel is going to be in Second Kings. Looking very much forward to that, right? <laughs> That's very yeah. interesting. All right, and uh, we have about uh, eight minutes left, so I guess we can maybe... Uh, go over to Second Kings, but this story, uh, according to the book I've been reading on the uh, Babylonian and Assyrian inscriptions and inscriptions of various kingdoms around Israel at this time, 
uh, state that this last battle described here between uh, Ahab and the Assyrians was the last one the Assyrians were able to mount against Israel, and uh, their their might, uh, independence as a kingdom, was over with at this point in time. So all of this stuff that we're we're reading here is purely 100% historical, uh, indubitably so. All right, so let's see what we can find out in Second Kings chapter one. Second Kings. <clears throat> then Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab. And Ahaziah fell down through a lattice in his upper chamber that was in Samaria and was sick. And he sent messengers and said unto them, Go inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover of this disease. Oh, you think Beelzebub is going to give you (laughs) an accurate prophecy? Oh, my goodness. All right. (laughs) But the angel of Yahweh said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria, and say unto them, Is it not because there is not a god in Israel that ye go to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Now therefore thus saith Yahweh, Thou shalt not come down from that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. And Elijah departed. And when the messengers turned back unto him, he said unto them, Why are ye now turned back? And they said unto him, There came a man up to meet us and said unto us, Go turn again unto the king that sent you and say unto him, Thus saith Yahweh, Is it not because there is not a God in Israel that thou sendest to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Therefore thou shalt not come down from that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. And he said unto them, What manner of man was he which came up to meet you and told you these words? And they answered him, he was a hairy man and girt with a girdle of leather about his loins. And he said, it is Elijah the Tishbite. Then the king sent unto him a captain of 50 with his 50. And he went up to him and behold, he sat on the top of a hill and he spake unto him, thou man of God, the king has said, come down. And Elijah answered and said to the captain of 50, if I be a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. And there came down from fire from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. Again also he sent unto him another captain of fifty with his fifty. And he answered and said unto him, O man of God, thus hath the king said, Come down quickly. And Elijah answered and said unto them, If I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. And the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50. And he sent again a captain of the third (laughs) 50 with his 50. And the third captain of 50 went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah. Yeah. He saw and said unto him, O man of God, I pray thee, let my life and the life of these 50 thy servants be precious in thy sight. Okay, so they witnessed the first two groups of 50 perish. I said, oh, wait a minute. Oh, no, no, no. We don't want to, we don't want the same fate. Very wise of them. Very wise. <laughs> Verse 14. Behold, there came fire down from heaven and burnt up the two captains of the former 50s with their 50s. Now, therefore, let my, let my life now be precious in thy sight. And the angel of Yahweh said unto Elijah, Go down with him, be not afraid of him. And he arose and went down with him unto the king. And he said unto him, Thus saith Yahweh, For as much as thou hast sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, is it not because there is no god in Israel to inquire of his word? Therefore thou shalt not come down off that bed which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. <laughs> So he died according to the word of Yahweh, which Elijah had spoken. And Jehoram reigned in his stead in the second year of Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, because he had no son. Now the rest of the acts of Ahaziah, which he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? Man, we can use an Elijah in these last days, right? Yeah. Tell me about that. <laughs> to, to bring fire down upon the, the uh, well, we know who our enemy is, right? Mystery Babylon. Bring fire. Well, but I guess that uh, that is reserved for the prophet Obadiah, the one who wrote the book of Obadiah. 
uh, to come along and smite Edom, right? I mean, what can we do in our own defense against Mystery Babylon, right? I, I think we're right now we're really powerless to do anything against Mystery Babylon except to wait for the second coming, but you know, prepare our arms, be ready to fight when when the time comes. Yeah, I say prepare as yeah. best you can and live the best life you can. And, right. Yeah. Know, follow, follow. You know, you always lost as yeah, best be, you can. Because uh, we see what happened to all those who followed Beelzebub or any other uh, any other god besides Yahweh. What what befall what the what becomes of them? I mean, the whole Bible is evidence that we need to obey his laws and do our best to uh, abide by them, right? And then we will be protected. Mm-hmm. So, so, but uh, the Judeo-Christians who have not followed Yahweh and instead follow the, 501, the God of 501c3, right? Right? The IRS, <laughs> they will all perish. They will all perish unless they repent. I mean... There is no hope for them. There really isn't. So the, the remnant is going to be very small. Yahweh, we're like the remnant of Gideon. He didn't need a whole lot of soldiers. Yahweh fought for them. And this is about where we're at. We have to anticipate the day where we have to show courage. But nevertheless, Yahweh will fight for us and smite Edom once and for all. Once and for all. The rest of the world... Uh, who make commerce with Mystery Babylon, namely Edom, are going to perish. They're going to perish. There's no doubt about it. I mean, these uh, these chapters in First uh, and Second Kings really verify you know, the, uh, the all these prophecies. So we have to be patient. Uh, we cannot be afraid. The last thing we want to be is afraid, and uh, get ready to do battle against the the so-called kings emissaries who come to take care of us. But no, Yahweh will protect us against them as long as we keep his laws. All right? This is this is the faith of the saints, the faith of our fathers, and we have to abide by it and not be afraid. Uh, if, if the king sends messages to our homes to arrest us, so be it. Yahweh will protect us. All right? Uh, this, is, this is important stuff, folks. Important, important stuff. All right, Dan, thanks for narrating. Man, this yes, is, uh, yeah, this is getting really, we're getting really close to crunch time, yeah. right? So we can't lose the faith now. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. See you next time. Bye-bye, Dan. Yahweh bless you. You too. Okay, See you all bye. next week. Bye-bye. Bye.